0: Shalom, Lekum, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today, we are looking at this week's Torah Parsha, which is Exodus chapter 6, starting with verse 2 through chapter 9, verse 35. The portion is called Vayira. Let me give you this summary real quick. The second reading from the book of Exodus and the 14th reading from the Torah is named Va'ira, which means, and I appeared. The title comes from the first words of the second verse of the reading, which says, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, Exodus chapter 6, verse 3. The portion begins with four expressions of redemption whereby God promises to bring Israel out of the land of Egypt, out of Egypt's bondage. The narrative progresses to tell the story of the first seven of the ten plagues that God unleashed on Egypt. So, just kind of a short outline here. We have the genealogy of Moses and Aaron. We have Moses and Aaron obey God's commands. We have the miraculous rod. And then we have the plagues beginning. So we have seven of the ten uh, will be read this morning. So we got water turned to blood, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock diseased, boils, and then the thunder and hail. Very, very interesting stuff this morning. Open up your hearts. Listen closely. And let's see what the word of God has to say. To us this morning. I'm going to read from the Hallelujah Scriptures if you're new to that version. Uh, it basically uh, wants to kind of get back to some of the Hebraic words, but specifically dealing with God's name. So instead of Lord, it'll say God's name. Um, but also, it goes back to the original Hebrew names of our characters. So instead of Moses, it's Moshe as an example. Uh, One major word that you'll hear often that kind of sounds different is the word Mitzrayim, which is the Hebrew name for Egypt. Alright, enough introduction, let's dig in. Chapter 6, starting with verse 2. And Elohim spoke to Moshe, and said, I am Yehovah. And I appeared to Abraham, to Yitshak, and to Yaakov, as El Shaddai. And by my name, Yehovah, was I not known to them? Please note, right out of the gate we have to ponder something. So verse 2, the very first verse of our portion this morning. God says, I am Jehovah, and I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai. But my name Yehovah was I not known to them. Now, just about any Bible you read, that's the way it's, that's what it says. The Holy Scriptures here says it, but, but with a question mark at the end instead of a period. So if you go read the King James or just about any modern translation um, or old translation, It'll say it it lends the idea that God is saying, I wasn't known to them by this name, but I'm revealing my true name, Yehovah, to you, Moses. Hallelujah Scripture says it as a question. Was I not known to them by this name? Now, why did the Hallelujah Scriptures do this? I think it's because they're trying to reconcile an issue. And that issue is that but that doesn't seem to make sense if it's not in the form of a question because God did make himself known before this as his name. All we have to do is go to Genesis chapter 15. We look at verse 7. It says, And he said unto him, I am Jehovah that brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. So God's talking to Abraham. This is that part where it says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord, but that's actually Jehovah. I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord, God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Okay. So God's name is in the just those two sentences twice so then what's going on here that's why the holy scripture says well maybe we, maybe it's supposed to be phrased as a question and there's all kinds of debates about why this could be I don't have the answer for you other than to say it's interesting because it appears that God did reveal that name to Abraham but here it says and Elohim spoke to Moshe and said I am Yehovah and I appeared to Abraham to, to as El Shaddai, and by my name Yehovah was I not known to them Now we could go in and we could dig through a lot of commentary and stuff and maybe I should um, because I have a Hamash here that has like t- several paragraphs of commentary of reconciling this issue but we got a lot to get through so I don't want to stay hung up on that but I just wanted to point that out to you as something worth taking the time to potentially study. Let's continue on. And I also established my covenant with them, to give them the land of Canaan, the land of our sojournings, in which they have sojourned. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Midstrites are enslaving. And I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the children of Israel, I am Jehovah, and I shall bring you out from under the burdens of the Midstrites, that is to say, the Egyptians and shall deliver you from their enslaving, and shall redeem you with an outreached arm, and with great judgments, and shall take you as my people. And I shall be your Elohim, and you shall know that I am Jehovah, your Elohim, who is bringing you out from under the burdens of the mistrites. And I shall bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, to Yishak, and to Yaakov, and to give it to you as an inheritance, I am Jehovah. And Moshe spoke thus to the children of Yisrael, but they did not listen to Moshe because of the shortness of spirit and from hard slavery. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Go in, speak to Pharaoh, sovereign of Mistraim, to let the children of Yisrael go out of this land. So please note, let's not underestimate how difficult this is for Moses. He's hearing from God. God is speaking to him like a friend, giving him instruction. He goes to the children of Israel and he says, God is going to release, God is going to free us from this bondage. But they don't believe him. They've been in bondage for so long. The slavery has been so harsh. It just sounds like a fairy tale to them. And so, not only were the children of Israel not believing and supporting Moses in this impossible mission. Now he gets to go to Pharaoh, the most powerful person on the earth. And have this dialogue, this conversation, and this struggle. Basically alone. Except his brother Aaron. This, is, this would be harder than I think we give Moses credit for. Let's continue on. And Moses spoke before Jehovah, saying, The children of Israel have not listened to me. And why would Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of un- uncircumcised lips. In other words, Moses is saying, I, I, I have speech problems. I'm not a very good talker. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe and to Aaron and gave them a command for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh's sovereign of Mitzrayim. To bring the children of Yisrael out of the land of Misrim. These are the heads of their fathers' houses. The son of Reuben, the firstborn of Yisrael. Chanak and Palu, Hetstron and Carmi. These are the clans of Reuben. And the sons of Shimeon, Yemuel and Yaman and Ohad and Yachan and Tosar. And Shaul, the son of the Canaanite woman. These are the clans of Shimeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi according to their generations, Gershon, Kehath, and Merai, and the years of the life of Levi were 137. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shimi, according to their clans, and the sons of Kahath, Aram, and Yitzhar, and Chabran, and Uziel, and the years of the life of Kehath were 133. And the sons of Merai, Machali, and, Mach- and Mushi, these are the clans of Levi according to their generations. And Amram took for himself Jochebed, his father's sister, as a wife, and she bore him Aaron and Moshe. And the years of the life of Amram were 137. And the sons of Yitshar and Korah and Nepheg and Zigri, and the sons of Uziel, Mishiel, and Altsiphon, and Suri, Aaron took to himself Elisheba, daughter of Animadad, sister of Tachashon, as a wife. And she bore him Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, and the sons of Korah, Asher, Elikanah, and Abishiafs. These are the clans of the Korites. And Eleazar, Aaron's son, took for himself one of the daughters of Putiel, his wife, And she bore him, Vihinos. These are the heads of the fathers of the Levites, according to their clans. This is Aaron and Moshe, to whom Jehovah said, Bring out the children of Yisrael from the land of Mitzrayim, according to their divisions. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, sovereign of Mitzrayim, to bring out the children of Yisrael from Mitzrayim. This is Moshe and Aaron. So please note, it's... To many of us, we don't understand going through all the genealogy and stuff, but this would have been important to the Hebrews to know the genealogy. Where did Moses and Aaron come from? And so that's why this is in here. They were the ones. Verse 28, And it came to be on the day when Jehovah spoke to Moshe in the land of Miztriam, that Jehovah spoke to Moshe saying, I am Jehovah. Speak to Pharaoh, sovereign of Miztriam, all that I say to you. Hosea said before Yehovah, see, I am of uncircumcised lips. And why would Pharaoh listen to me? And that's the end of chapter six. But please note, that's the second time. God is telling Moses, you're going to go and you're going to say this. and You're going to do this. And Moses is like, how am I supposed to? How? Why would he listen to me? right. I'm of uncircumcised lips. I have. I can barely speak. The children of Israel won't listen to me. This is an impossible task, is what Moses is really thinking, I feel like. Let's continue on, though. Chapter 7, verse 1. So, Jehovah said to Moshe, See, I have made you an Elohim to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother is your Navi. So, please know what's God saying here. He's saying, in all the things that I'm going to do, the power that I'm going to, to execute through you... You are going to appear as a god to Pharaoh. This is important because Pharaoh himself, he sees himself as a god. And all the Egyptians see Pharaoh as a god. And they worship him as a god. And they have all of these gods, which are, interestingly enough, going to be part of the judgments here to demonstrate that those gods have no power. And uh, I think I got into that a little deeper in some previous portions that you can go back and listen to. But God is telling Moses, so you're going to appear like a god to Pharaoh and Aaron will be like your prophet. So you'll be like a god to Pharaoh and Aaron, like a prophet, will speak for you to Pharaoh. Kind of like how a prophet speaks to the people on behalf of God. So have said to Moshe, see, I have made you an Elohim to Pharaoh and Aaron your brother is a Navi. You shall speak all that I command you and Aaron your brother shall speak to Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go out of this land but I am going to harden the heart of Pharaoh and he shall increase my signs and my wonders in the land of Midstrying Please note we're not going to have a lot more interruptions but I want to make this point Now in the past I've argued about this hardening of the heart is not as what people think it's not the situation is not that God Well, let me put it this way. The situation is not that Pharaoh is just so desperately wanting to let the children of Israel go, but God just keeps hardening his heart and won't let him do the thing, right? Like that's sometimes how we read this when we say, "Well, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He had no choice." That is not what I believe is going on here. Number 1. There is arguments made and this is specifically found within Jewish commentary, that the phrase, Harden His Heart, doesn't mean like what we think. Rather, it lends more to the idea of strengthening or giving courage, right? So it's not that God has grabbed Pharaoh and Pharaoh, just all Pharaoh wants to really do is let the children of Israel go, but God just keeps hardening his heart and making it impossible for him. No, what's happening here is God is strengthening and giving Pharaoh courage to move forward and execute what's really his desire. What's really in his heart because otherwise left to just viewing the plagues, Pharaoh would submit and let the children of Israel go out of fear not out of what he actually wants to do. And I would argue that Egypt, part of the reason why God doesn't just let Pharaoh release the people out of fear rather than his own heart uh, is because Egypt is due judgment for their enslavement of Israel, especially after Joseph saved the land of Egypt. And this is the reward? Is that Joseph's people his descendants would be enslaved so this is bigger than just oh God so mean he's hurting Pharaoh's heart so I just want to lay that to rest and say that is not what's happening here this is more about strengthening and giving Pharaoh courage to do what he wants to do anyway which is to continue to abuse and enslave the people of Israel alright we're running low on time so we're going to have to do a lot more reading and a lot less commentary let's move forward My signs and wonders in the land of Midstraim, verse 4 And Pharaoh is not going to listen to you, and I shall lay my hand on Midstraim, and bring my divisions and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Midstraim by, by great judgments. And the Midstraites shall know that I am Jehovah when I stretch out my hand on Midstraim, and I shall bring the children of Israel out from among them. You see, part of the judgments is to force Egypt to recognize that all these false gods are nothing but false gods. In fact, there's only one true God, and it's Jehovah. Verse 6, And Moshe and Aaron did as Jehovah commanded them, so they did. Now Moshe was 80 years old, and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe and to Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and throw it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. So Moshe and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did so, and Jehovah commanded. And Aaron threw his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the practitioners of witchcraft. And they did the magicians of Mistry, also did so with their magic. Please note, I have to, I have to point us out. Sometimes we act as though the sorcery and the, uh, the weird activities and things that these people are doing nowadays, these satanic rituals and things that they do as, as part of their concerts and these people that worship Satan. And we think there's no power in it, you know. Listen, there is power in witchcraft and in evil and some of these sorcery things. Look what happens here. The magicians and the practitioner, pac- practitioners of witchcraft that were present in Egypt at that time were able to come in and recreate the same miracle that Moses and Aaron did. They were able to th- turn a staff into a serpent. There is power in that evil. Do not underestimate There's a reason why they worship Satan. There's a reason why they go from nothing to on top of the world when they sell themselves to this. It's because there's actual real power behind it. Verse 12, And they, each one, threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But the rod of Aaron swallowed up their rods. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as Jehovah had said. And Jehovah said to Moshe, The heart of Pharaoh is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning, as he goes out to the water, and you shall stand by the rivers of the bank to meet him, and take in your hand the rod which was turned into a serpent, and you shall say to him, Jehovah, the Elohim of the Evrim, that is to say the Hebrews, has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, so that they may serve me in the wilderness. But see, until now you have not listened. Thus said Jehovah." By this you know that I am Jehovah. See, I am striking the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Mitzchrites shall find it impossible to drink the water of the river. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Mitzchraim, over their streams and over their rivers, over their ponds and over their pools of water. That they become blood, and there shall be blood in all the land of Mistrium, both in wooden and in stone containers. And Moshe and Aaron did as Jehovah commanded, and he lifted up the rod, and he struck the water that were in the river, in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of the servants, and all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. And the fish that were in the river died, and the river bank stank. And the Mistrites were unable to drink the water of the river, and the blood was in all the land of Mitzrayim. And the magicians of Mitzrayim did the same with their magic. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not listen to them as Jehovah had said. And Pharaoh turned, and he went into his house, and his heart was not moved by this either and all the midstrites dug all around the river for water to drink for they were unable to drink the water of the river and 7 days were completed after jehovah had struck the river chapter 8 and jehovah spoke to moshe go to pharaoh and say to him thus said jehovah let my people go so that they may serve me but if you refuse to let them go see i'm smiting all your border with frogs And the river shall swarm with frogs, which shall go up, and shall come into your house, and into your bedroom, and on your bed, and in the house of your servants, and of your people, and into your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come up on you, and on your people, and on all your servants. And Jehovah said to Moshe, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with a rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up on the land of Miztram. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Miztram, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Miztram. And the magicians did so with their magic, and brought up frogs on the land of Miztram. Pharaoh then called for Moshe and Aaron and said, pray to Jehovah to take away the frogs for me and for my people, and I shall let the people go to slaughter to Jehovah. And Moshe said to Pharaoh, Explain yourself to me. When am I to pray for you and for your servants and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses and remain only in the river? So he said, Tomorrow. And he said, Let it be according to your words, so that you know that there is no one like Jehovah, our Elohim. And the frogs shall turn aside from you and from your houses and from your servants and from your people. They only shall remain in the river only. And Moshe and Aaron went from Pharaoh, and Moshe cried out to Jehovah concerning the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And Jehovah did according to the word of Moshe. And the frogs died out of the houses and out of the courtyards and out of the fields, and they gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. And when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not listen to them as Jehovah had said. Please note, this is common practice amongst people who know there is a God. But they only, they only seek him or think they need him to, revol- to resolve trouble and then they just want to go back to their old ways, right? How many people have, they've come into a crisis, they've gotten ill, a financial disaster, something, and they have come out of their atheism for a moment, right? Or their agnostic mindset. And they pray to the one true God, please help me with this thing. And then God, out of his great mercy, helps them, helps them resolve the issue. What happens? Ah, life is good again. Back to the slums. Back to my normal behavior. Thanks, God. Next time I have a serious problem, I'll reach out again. But until then, I'm going to do what I want to do. Kind of like Pharaoh's attitude, right? Oh, man, this is getting bad with the frogs in the water. Moses, please pray to your God and have it go away. I believe that he can and that he is powerful. What happens? Problem gets resolved. Pharaoh's like, nah. I changed my mind. Keep in mind, if you are the Israelis... This back and forth that they have with Pharaoh, this, you guys are going to be let go. No, you're not. You guys are going to be let go. No, you're not. There's also like a psychological and emotional turmoil that you would be experiencing. It's bad. It's not bad enough that you're enslaved, but now one minute you're being told you're going to be free. The next minute you're told you're not going to be free. Next minute Pharaoh's getting mad and he's making your work harder by not giving you straw for the bricks. It's like, what's going to happen day to day? There's a, lot, there's a lot happening from a faith, from a psychological, from an emotional standpoint that the Israelites, along with Moses and along with Aaron, that are going through that we probably don't take enough time to consider. Verse 16, And Jehovah said to Moshe, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it becomes gnats and all the land of Midstream." And they did so, and Aaron stretched out his hand and his rod, and struck into the dust of the earth. And it became gnats on man and beast, and all the dust of the land became gnats in all the land of Midstraim. And the magicians did similarly with their magic to bring forth gnats, but they were unable. And there was gnats on man and beast. The magicians then said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of Elohim. But the heart of Pharaoh hardened, and he did not listen to them as Jehovah had said. And Jehovah said to Moshe, Rise early in the morning, stand there before Pharaoh, as he comes out to water, and say to him, Thus said Jehovah, Let my people go, so that they may serve me. Or else, if you do not let my people go, see, I am sending swarms of flies on you and your servants, and on your people, and into your houses, and the houses of the Mistrites shall be filled with swarms of flies, and also on the ground on which they stand." And in that day, I shall separate the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there so that you know that I am Jehovah in the midst of your land. Please note, I won't take long, but just this right here demonstrates a couple of things. Number one, the magicians were unable finally, right? There's a limit to what their power can do. And they recognize that and they're like, Pharaoh, this is the hand of God. Pharaoh doesn't listen. So here's the warning. Now there's going to be coming a swarm of flies, but to show you that I am God, it won't happen on the, on the section of Egypt known as Goshen, where the Hebrews live. It's only going to be on you. And this is to demonstrate that God has the power, the ability, and the will to pour out judgment upon a nation and yet preserve his people. To keep his people safe, even though it's happening all around them. Let that be a comfort to you in the days that we live in now. Verse 23 And I shall put a distinction between my people and your people. Tomorrow the sign shall be. And Jehovah did so. And thick swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh and into his servants' houses and all the land of Mistrim. And the land was ruined because of the swarms of flies. And Pharaoh called from Moshe and Aaron and said, Go, slaughter to you Elohim in the land. Moshe said, It is not right to do so, for we would be slaughtering the abomination of the mistress to Jehovah our Elohim. See, if we slaughter the abomination of the mistress before their eyes, would they not stone us? Let us go three days' journey into the wilderness, then we shall slaughter to our Elohim as he has commanded us. And Pharaoh said, I am letting you go, then you shall slaughter to Yehovah your Elohim in the wilderness, only do not go very far away. Pray for me. And Moshe said, See, when I leave, I shall pray to Jehovah. And tomorrow the swarms of flies shall depart from Pharaoh, from his servant, and from the people. But do not let Pharaoh again deceive, not to let the people go to slaughter to Jehovah. Moshe went out from Pharaoh and prayed to Jehovah, and Jehovah did according to the word of Moshe, and removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh and from his servants and from his people. Not one remained. But Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time too. And did not let the people go. And Jehovah said to Moshe, go to Pharaoh and speak to him. Thus said Jehovah Elohim of the Evarim, that is to say the Hebrews, let my people go so that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, see the hand of Jehovah is on your livestock in the field and on the houses and on the donkeys and on the camels and on the cattle and on the sheep, a very grievous pestilence. And Jehovah shall separate between the livestock of Yisrael and the livestock of, the Mitz- of Mitzrayim, and let no matter die of all that belongs to the children of Yisrael. And Jehovah made an appointment time, saying, Tomorrow Jehovah is going to do this word in the land. And Jehovah did his word on the next day, and all the livestock of Mitzrayim died. But the livestock of the children of Yisrael, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent, and see, not even one of the livestock of the Mistrites was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. And Jehovah said to Moshe and Aaron, Fill your hands with ashes from a furnace, and let Moshe scatter it toward the Shemayim, before the eyes of Pharaoh. And it shall become fine dust in all the land of Midstream, and it shall cause boils that break out and sores on man and beast in all the land of Midstream." So they took ashes from the furnace, and he stood before Pharaoh, and Moshe scattered them toward the Shemayim, and they caused boils breaking out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians were unable to stand before Moshe, because the boils of the boils of the magicians and on the midstrites. But Jehovah hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen to them as Jehovah had said to Moshe. And Jehovah said to Moshe, rise up early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus said Jehovah Elohim of the Evarim, Let my people go, so that they may serve me, for at this time I am sending all my plagues into your heart, and on your servants, and on your people, so you know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Now, if I had stretched out my hand and st- struck you and your people with pestilence then you would have been cut off from the earth and for this reason I have raised you up in order to show you my power and in order to declare my name in all the earth you see we're almost finished here but God is telling Pharaoh your whole existence your whole reason for existing in this earth is for this moment for this showdown so that this big massive event would happen and it would be told for generations and generations and generations, and the whole earth would know who Jehovah is. Verse 17, you shall exalt yourself against my people, and that you do not let them go. See, tomorrow about this time I am causing a very heavy hail to rain down. Such has not been seen in Mishram from the day of its founding until now. Now send, bring your livestock to safety and all that you have in your field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every beast which is found in the field and is not brought home, and they shall die. Those among the servants of Pharaoh who revered the word of Jehovah made their servants and livestock flee to the houses, but those who did not lay their heart on the word of Jehovah left their servants and livestock in the field. Then Jehovah said to Moshe, stretch out your hand towards the Shemayim, and let there be hail in all the land of Midstream, on man and on beast, on every plant of the field, throughout the land of Midstream." Then Moshe stretched out his rod toward the Shemayim, that is to say, heavens. And Jehovah sent thunder and hail, and fire came down on the earth, and Jehovah rained hail on the land of Midstream. Thus there came to be hail and fire, flashing continually in the midst of the hail, very heavy such as has not been seen in the land of Mysterium since it became a nation. And the hail smote all the land of Mysterium that was in the field, both man and beast, and every hail smote every plant of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Yisrael were, there was no hail. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moshe and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time, Jehovah is righteous, and my people and I are wicked. Please note, that's an important acknowledgment. is admitting that God is righteous, Jehovah is righteous, and that himself and his people, they are wicked. Pray to Jehovah, verse 28. For there has been enough of thunder and hail of Elohim, and I am letting you go so that you know to, that you stay no longer. And Moshe said to him, As soon as I go out from the city, let me spread out my hands to Jehovah, Let the thunder cease and the hail be no more so that you know that the earth belongs to Jehovah. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear before Jehovah Elohim. We're almost done. Five more verses. But notice what Moses says. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go and I'm going to pray and we're going to have relief from this plague. But I know that you still haven't seen enough yet still not enough for you to prop have the proper fear of God. And the flax and the barley were smitten, for the barley was in the head, the flax was in the bud, but the wheat of the spelt were not smitten, for they were late crops. And Moshe went out to the city from Pharaoh, and he spread his hands to Jehovah, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain was not poured on the earth. And Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, and yet he had sinned, and he hardened his heart and his servants. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the children of Israel go, as Jehovah had said through Moshe. And that, my friends, is the end of our portion for this morning. I pray you've been blessed and strengthened, and I pray that you've had much to think about and to chew on. Thank you for listening. Thank you to those of you who are willing to become Patreon subscribers and make this thing happen month after month, year after year. Thank you for your prayers. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.